everybody. Welcome back to our data protection podcast series where different experts from Linklater's Asia Network have been discussing developments in the region's regulatory landscape. This is actually the fifth episode following our discussions on India, Thailand, Vietnam, and most recently, Indonesia. For this episode, I have the pleasure to welcome Nick Rodev, who leads our Middle East TMT practice. Hi, Nick. Hi, Alex, and thanks for having me on. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing my thoughts on the Middle East data protection regimes, and today, the focus is going to be in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, or the KSA as we commonly refer to it here. Fantastic. Well, let's get stuck in then. So we all know that there's been a lot of um, interest in the KSA recently, and it's recently implemented its first data protection law, I understand, the Personal Data Protection Law, or PDPL. It's already two years gone, I think. However, you know, the, the law has remained inactive. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit of, about recent developments um, so we understand the overlay in the kingdom now. Yes, you're right. The KSA enacted the PDPL back in September 2021. And the original intent back then was that it should have come into force in March 2022. Uh, however, the entry uh, of the law into force was then further delayed, and uh, the law then underwent major amendments in March last year, 2023. These amendments brought in changes to the initial regulatory framework to address feedback that the um, KSA government received during their public consultations with industry stakeholders um, and the broader legal community. Uh, the PDPL finally came into force uh, on the 14th of September uh, last year, 2023. Um, however, businesses now have a 12-month grace period before active enforcement of the law will start uh, later this year in September. That's really useful background. And have we been seeing any implementation steps taken by the authorities in this interim period you mentioned? Yes, uh, in the period leading up to the law's entry into force, actually, the, um, the KSA government has been issuing implementing regulations that have uh, not only clarified and provided guidance and key provisions in the PDPL, uh, but also in some ways you can say have further amended it, uh, most notably in respect of restrictions on extraterritorial transfers of personal data, the conditions for being able to rely on legitimate interest, a very common basis, um, as a lawful basis for processing, and the rules on what constitutes valid consent uh, have all been changed uh, through these implementing regulations. And do you think these changes that you've been mentioning to the PDPL, are they aligned with the expectations of the market, or do you think there's been some surprises? Uh, oh, the answer is yes and no. Um, on the one hand, the bulk of the implementing regulations have simply operationalized PDPL provisions in a way that the data protection community had broadly expected. Uh, for example, a good example of that is the establishment, establishing timelines for data protection breach notifications and uh, responding to data subject uh, uh, requests and the like. Um, however, um, other implementing uh, regulations provisions have uh, brought in arguably substantive changes to the amended PDPL uh, that were less expected uh, by practitioners here. They've also, in some ways, you could say, fallen short of what industry and data protection practitioners in the case they actually hoped to see. Perhaps the biggest surprise for us uh, was that the regulations did not introduce data subject consent as a standalone basis for the transfer of personal data outside of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, this is important since the law's first publication over three years ago. One of the common threads in the feedback from industry on the PDPL's mechanics for the transfer of personal data out the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia had been that it is overly restrictive, um, the personal data protection transfer regime, and would in practice force businesses to have to localize personal data 
in the kingdom with all attendant inefficiencies and costs from having to adjust IT operations in some cases in a very substantial manner. That sounds like that would be a concern to international businesses, Nick. Uh, are there any other bases like under the GDPR, say other markets having obtained a judgment from the KSA authorities that those markets actually have an adequate level of data protection? Um, well, the mechanism for adequacy rulings e exists and seems similar to that uh, which you find in the GDPR. There's actually been consider continuing uncertainty over which foreign jurisdictions will eventually be recognized by the say, KSA government as having an adequate level of personal data protection. Um, the relevant regulations provide that the decision for adequacy, although to be based on a technical assessment by the KSA regulator using factors not too dissimilar uh, to what you find in the GDPR, would ultimately be made at the highest levels of the KSA government by the prime minister's office um, itself. Most major industry players, therefore, hope to see consent introduced as a fallback basis for permitting data exports so as to ensure operations can remain compliant with the law without having to make radical changes that localize all personal data in the KSA while the businesses await the publication of the list of adequate jurisdictions, uh, as well as other mechanisms, such as, for example, approved standard contractual clauses. Got it. And that sounds like an issue that our international clients will definitely be watching. With the Saudi data protection landscape now finally taking shape, what would you say are the primary differences um, from what they would be used to under the GDPR, for instance, or other um, privacy laws in, in, in member states, actually, of the uh, Gulf Corporation Council, the GCC? Uh, yeah, well, the, the current regulatory framework laid out in the P PDPL as it was amended and supplemented by the implementing regulations is to a large extent, and that doesn't come as a surprise, modeled on the GDPR. And it's also indeed similar to the privacy laws of the other GCC states. Um, there's a, a substantial degree of regulatory alignment amongst the GCC states. Um, and most notably, that is the case with the UAE's um, recently enacted federal data protection law. Now, that said, there are some important differences that said the regulatory approach taken by the KSA government apart from both of that of the EU and um, of that taken by governments in the rest of the GCC member states. Uh, probably the biggest difference between the PDPL and the GDPR lies in the significantly more restrictive regime for the transfer of personal data outside of the kingdom. The PDPL effectively treats most transfers of personal data as a matter of national security. Um, which is unusual. However, this hate and sensitivity of the KSA government actually has its roots in both the cultural and religious traditions of the, of the GCC region, um, where, for example, individual privacy has long been viewed as an, impo an important fundamental right under Islamic law, um, as well as in the uh, practical concerns um, over the risk of foreign governments uh, accessing and misusing potentially sensitive personal data of Saudi citizens such as data on, for example, financial status and health conditions, uh, when such data is transferred to their respective jurisdictions. Another important difference lies in the very scope of application of the PPL, or rather the exclusion from its scope of application of any processing of personal data by Saudi government entities. This carve-out of government entities from the scope of application of the country's privacy laws is actually common in the GCC member states. Uh, virtually all of the other um, uh, data protection laws there contain such carve-outs. It probably likely stems from a very different view in the region on the very concept of privacy itself and what it's meant to protect.
that's definitely a stark difference I'm sure than what a lot of our listeners are, are used to. Can you elaborate a little bit more for us? Uh, yeah, sure. The PDPL also differs from other privacy laws in the GCC. Um, perhaps the most notable and consequential difference with the data protection laws, for example, in the UAE, Qatar, Kuwait, and Oman, is that the Saudis PDPL recognizes legitimate interest as a basis for lawful processing. Uh, just to pause and emphasize the importance of that for a minute, strictly speaking, this could not uh, could be said not to have been a revolutionary development at the GCC. Bahrain's data protection law the oldest in the region, also permits processing on the basis of the legitimate interest. However, this development was an important breakthrough brought in through the March 2023 amendments to the PDPL, if only for the sheer size and importance of the Saudi economy and market for industry players. By comparison, even the federal data protection law of the UAE, which otherwise prides itself as being the country uh, with a corpus of progressive and business-friendly legislation, generally requires consent as the most common basis of processing. Got it, that's super interesting. Maybe if we now just look ahead, what, what changes to the KSA data protection regulatory framework do you or other practitioners that you're speaking to in the market expect or indeed hope to see in the future? In the lead up to the PDPL's effective enforcement in September later this year, 2024, uh, many of us hope to see the publication of the last remaining pieces of the Saudi data protection regulatory puzzle, if you will, um, most notably, that's the list of adequate jurisdictions, um, as well as approved standard contractual clauses, um, which will aid businesses in, uh, into making decisions on whether and how uh, they may need to restructure data flows and ID operations. Um, what many commentators are also expecting is a further detailed guidance on how the enforcement approach of the PDPL will be coordinated between the general regulator, that is the Saudi Data and Artificial Intelligence Agency, or SADAI, as it's commonly known here, as well as the sector-specific regulators, such as the Central Bank, Ministry of Health, the Communication, Space, and Technology Commission, formerly known as the CITC, um, and so on. And this is because a peculiar feature of the PDPL is that enforcement is shared between uh, a regulator of general competence, SADAI, as well as each sector-specific regulator, which is responsible for enforcing the law within their particular sector. Thanks for that extra uh, nuance there, Nick. That's really interesting to hear. Sounds like we're going to have to watch this space to see what comes out of those regulators. So thanks very much for all of the insights today. That's been great. I'm sure if our listeners have any questions, they will reach out to us, particularly you. And that's it for the episode today uh, in our Asia series. Please, everyone, do stay tuned. But thanks for listening today. Goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.